Welcome everyone to Sitting with Sean. Extraordinary. This is episode two of the podcast. And uh I want to say I got a very special guest, and it came at the at, at the drop of a dime. And I mean that at a drop of a dime. I was like, I'm scrolling through TikTok and I'm like, boom, this is who I want next. And it's Panda. Here I am, like 30 minutes later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 30 minutes later, I said, hey, man, you know, shoot my shot. And he was like, let's go. Let's do it. So fuck it. Here we are. Hey, first of all, thank you for having me with you. I, You and I have had a lot of interaction where you've been a part of like the whole journey and shit. And I know we'll be getting into a lot of that. But like, I appreciated you actually asking me to be a part of this, not even because I had nothing going on, just because like, it's cool to kind of show the other side of me that people I don't show purposely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everybody, this is Panda. Uh, Love Panda, Matt, uh, yeah. for everybody. Um, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself formally? Uh, yeah, so I'm Matt. Uh, people know me as Panda or Love Panda 24 x 48 on TikTok and Twitter and I think Instagram too at this point. Um, yeah, yeah like, I'm just your regular ass dude that lately is I, I don't understand life anymore. Yeah. It's gone way too crazy, way too fast in the last seven months. Yeah. Yeah. It's been crazy. Well, you know, that's what this part, part of the podcast is meant to do. Take regular ass people and, and, you know, put a spotlight on them and give them some credit where credits do, which I thank you for. <laughs> and no problem. No problem, man. Hey, yeah. So like I met, I, I met Panda just by odd coincidence. I'm, I'm, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it a million times. I'm a huge professional wrestling fan. You know, I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is my favorite fucking shirt. <laughs> it's my favorite shirt. But, uh, you know, he, he's a part of the pro wrestling community. He's part of Wrestle Talk, you know, huge influencer. Uh -huh. And man, uh, you're big, you're bigger than you know, man. You're bigger I, than you know. I still try to be as humble as I can on that shit because, like, it's weird to me because at home I'm just the 35 year old dad. Like, you know, I, I just love wrestling. I I'm like you, I love Batman. Obviously I love pro wrestling. Like I just, I don't know. Here I am. Like it's kind of yeah. cool. Actually the guy that I had, I actually recorded an episode early this morning that got posted and the guy uh, does cosplay and he does a lot of Batman cosplay. He has the, he has the the whole metal bat suit from Batflick. Dude, that's badass. Yeah, yeah. And he lives up here in Anchorage. He's a good buddy of mine. Actually, he used to be a pro wrestler too. Cheers. That's how, yeah, I met him playing Pokemon Go and he was wearing a wrestling shirt. And I was like, hey, you don't see too many people that like wrestling in Alaska. <laughs> Let alone Pokemon and wrestling in Alaska. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and then I found out he was a pro wrestler, you know, and. This dude told me a story earlier today, and I was absolutely mind blown. And not to mention, he's a DDP uh, yoga instructor too. Okay. Yeah. They, they follow me on Twitter. Like I've followed yeah. DDP's journey for a long time. I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, you know DDP's journey. Yeah. So like, yeah. Ugh, dude, cheers to okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> cheers to you. This is water, by the way, guys. It's nothing hey, crazy. Just straight Mountain Dew for me. <laughs> yep. Uh, so anyways, we're going to get into it, man. Uh, you know, where are you from? What, 
I mean, obviously we know Batman and we know, we know professional wrestling. What are some of your hobbies, man? Um, so to get to the hobby part, let's get to the beginning. Um, I live in Flint, Michigan, uh, the water capital of the world. Uh, <laughs> I, I was actually born in a small town about a half hour from here called the Wasso. Um, and I never fit that culture. Uh, that culture is very, I don't want to be detrimental to my hometown. So we'll just say backwards. Uh, and it's never been my modern style thinking. Um, so yeah, like I grew up from there. I was married for almost 10 years. Um, I have two wonderful kids. Uh, I have a 14 year old, I have a nine year old. Um, I, everything's kind of weird because like when I come home from work and I get on my phone, all of a sudden Matt's like gone <laughs> and then yeah. Panda checks into work and it's just like, okay, here we go. What's, what are we doing tonight? Um, but like hobby wise, I love besides wrestling and video games. Like I was saying, I am a huge football fan. I love Batman. Um, I love all sports. Really. I'm a huge sports nut. I play golf. Uh, I'm not good at it, but I play golf. Uh, <laughs> like, other than that, like I, you would be amazed how much of just a basic guy I am. Uh, fun fact, because nobody really asks me what I do in real life. Yeah. I'm an optical technician, so I'm like the nurse for an eye doctor. So That's when you awesome. come in to see an eye doctor and they're like, uh, can, Bobby, do you want to come on back? I'm the one that's calling Bobby back. <laughs> And I got recognized at work one time and it was wow. the weirdest interaction. Cause it happened in May, like early May, um, a patient came in and I was going like setting the four opter and all that stuff in the, the room for the doctor. And he's like, Hey, uh, you said your name was Matt. Yeah. Why? Like I figured like, you know, maybe you knew me from my hometown or something like that. He's like, is, do you go by like Panda? Oh, my. <laughs> I immediately just froze and just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I just watched one of your videos on TikTok yesterday. Hey, yeah, I'm I'm Panda. The the dude comes in a few days later to pick up his stuff and brings his wife. He's like, honey, this is the guy I was telling you about that I watch on TikTok. And she's like, hi. I'm like, yeah, this isn't awkward. What's up? Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, it's... So that was kind of weird having to explain to my coworkers why I'm named after an endangered species. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is awesome, man. Yeah, you know, the the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is when when you start to get recognized out in public, I haven't gotten that yet. Thank God. But uh <laughs> but when you start to get recognized and people are like, I know you, you're like, uh oh, shit. Shit. <laughs> is that good? Because yeah. <laughs> then it's like uh, it's like the whole Ricky Bobby, like, I don't know what to do with my hands right now type of thing. Like everything was real tight. Like, <laughs> there wasn't, there's nothing I can really say. Like, hi. <laughs> yeah. I know you probably expected taller. I know here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I really, <laughs> I really do wear glasses. This isn't just for the aesthetic. Yeah, it's not a gimmick. I wear contacts and glasses, so it's not a gimmick. I'm really blind as shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I can relate to you though, man. Like I live, I, I grew up in the backwoods of Maryland, dude. And like, when I say backwoods, like you've seen Blair Witch Project, right? 
I grew up right around the corner from where that shit was filmed. I'll see you and raise you. If we're going to okay. compare hometowns. Okay. You want to open up Pandora's box? Here you go. Um, <laughs> here we go. And this is why I say it's going to open up Pandora's box the second I say this name to you. Does Malcolm X ring a bell to you? Oh, wow. Yeah. Remember Malcolm X wrote a book? Yeah. Have you ever read it? No, I have not. He mentions one city by name in the book, and it's my hometown, and he calls it the White Pearl of the North. Wow. I'm from that. Wow. See why I had to get out? <laughs> I understand. I can understand that. Especially when yeah. your kids are mixed. <laughs> yeah. 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 I. Yeah. That's That's wild. Mm-hmm. You got me beat. <laughs> yep, I'll, I'll take that one just a little bit. Also, the other thing about my hometown, Panda one. Um, President Truman, mm -hmm. uh, how they have the whole newspaper of Truman beats Dewey or Dewey beats mm -hmm. Truman. Thomas Dewey was born in my hometown. Oh, wow. So the guy who lost the presidency and thought he won it is also from my hometown. Too. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Other than that, my hometown doesn't really have shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that's wild. No, Nope, we've got a college football and NFL Hall of Famer, too. So we've got one of those. Well, Brad that's Van, awesome. Yeah, we got Brad Van Pelt that played for the Giants back in the 80s. The Giants and the Jets and the Raiders. Like, he he actually has, like, a whole shrine built for him in my high school, which really annoys me because I always looked at it like, that should be me. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I'm going to come back and be like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm rich and famous. You can fuck off. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're <laughs> yeah. cool. Fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what made you choose to be an optical technician? Indeed. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now, um, <clears throat> so I've done a lot of different jobs. Like I've worked for Best Buy. I've worked for most of the major cell phone carriers throughout my life. Like, I've always been in technological type of stuff, but I always enjoyed talking to people. Uh, a couple years ago, my hometown had a posting for an optical technician. And I, I kind of just applied to it on a whim. And I was just like, oh, well, hell with it, I need a job. Uh, and they actually hired me. And I was like, I hope you guys know, I don't know shit about this position. Oh, we'll teach you. Okay. I started learning. COVID hit. I got let go. Uh and then fast forward the clock back to like February, March. I've been with the current doctor I've been working for ever since. But uh, it's it's really cool. It's, some patients are a challenge, um, but everybody's got a story. Everybody's got wants to talk to you. Well, not necessarily wants to talk to you, but everybody's got a different story. Uh, so like you see different perspectives of life just throughout the day. Uh, yeah. So it helps with perspectives. It helps with the way that I kind of, you, you know, I kind of look at life a little bit differently. Um, yeah. So it kind of helps with some of those realizations that I have of seeing the different realities that people have and piecing it to mind too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's you cool. Know, one of the things is you can, you can change the perspective of somebody's day like that. <sighs> that was nice. Just we like, did that at the same time. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. You could change the perspective of somebody's day at the drop of a hat and and just by, you know, listening and being there. And, and that's that's something I really admire about you is that you you have that ability to just sit back and, and let somebody talk. 
Mm-hmm. And whether 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 it's whether it's good or bad, you know, you just let them go. And then, all right, cool. I hope you're doing better. Yeah, like, yeah. That's that's actually why like why I followed you. It, it had nothing to do with that. You like pro wrestling because a ton of people on TikTok that love pro wrestling and they give their inputs. But it's the fact that you're able you're able to relate to other people and you're and and you're empathetic toward other people. You want to know. Um... Here's a behind the scenes thing of everything that I do on video wise. Have you ever watched like last week tonight with John Oliver? Mm-hmm. Have you seen the daily show? Yeah. It's all I did is I took that daily show last week tonight approach and I took all the serious real world issues out and I put pro wrestling in the place. Yeah. That's all I've done is I just took that John Stewart, John Oliver style, like I have on my TikTok bio of the John Oliver of mm. pro wrestling. <laughs> it kind of works because yeah. all you hear, well, I won't say all you hear, a lot of what you hear is tribalistic. And it's either you got to enjoy this or you got to enjoy that. And you can't have any kind of middle ground. There's not really a creator that says, why the hell not? There's yeah. not really a there's creators that will try to call out bullshit, but they call it out in a narcissistic tone. And it's coming from self-indulgence more than group will. And that's where some of those differences where people like you even said, like hit that follow button because it's a different type of thinking. Everybody's got an asshole. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got a thought. Everybody's got an idea. But if you don't have a neutral mindset to capitalize and be kind of cerebral in your thinking and you run off emotion, you fail. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Couldn't agree more. So we're going to get into the wrestling portion here in a second. How did you come up with the name Love Panda? (laughs) Uh, That I did not create. Honestly, um, that was created for me in high school. Um, weirdly enough, because back in high school, there were so many of us in my graduating class that were named Matt. There was like five or six of us that were Matt. So we all just went by last names. Um, and I am built like Chewbacca. So we were, <laughs> they, they have like a full workout gym for the football team and everything there. I was in a strength training class for that. And, you know, we're all changing out and getting ready for class and all that shit. And one of my buddies is like, Jesus, dude, you're built like a panda. Like, you know, yeah, kind of am. Yeah. I always thought I was, you know, part Chewbacca and I would just say like hashtag Wookie strong or something. But like, uh, he, uh, him and I ended up hanging out like a few weeks later and we were both under the influence. And uh, he was just like, I love you, panda. Like, Wait a minute. And it kind of just clicked right there, and I I made it all my gamer tags. So when I was on like PlayStation, that's my gamer tag, Uh, because it just kind of fit, and it's unique, it's different. I and that's something with like the creators, especially the top, the top ones, Heel Kevin, Narcolepsy Boy, Wheezy. Like, you know, there's Lana Banana. Like, there's so many people that I could just rattle off because they have unique style names. Yeah. And but I feel like Love Panda is so antithesis of all the names that you see because you see like Heel Panda, you see Heel Kevin, you see Heel Voldemort, you see all the other ones like yeah. you don't see <laughs> Voldemort. You don't see the flip side of it where yeah. it's like you know we can 
we can twist it a little bit. And I'm not saying I'm a face or anything because face panda that that just sounds like shit. So, yeah. <laughs> love panda. Love face. Love panda. It, it has to grow on you a little bit, and then it just becomes second nature to people at this point, where it's just like, hey panda, uh, it, and it's weird because. Russell Mania, uh, that I know you follow too. Um, mm -hmm. Russell is, lives near me. Uh, he moved up to Michigan and he lives actually in the same city that my kids live in. Uh, I was at GCW in March. And while I was there, I checked TikTok and I looked at Russell's video and he took a video of him recording me saying how he found me. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, there he is. <laughs> He's like a wild love panda sighting. I'm like, this son of a bitch found me and didn't tell me he found me first. <laughs> right. And then he came That's... over after the show. Well, actually, he came over like during the main event and everything. He hung out with myself, my daughter. Like, it's been unique to meet a lot of people through this uh, that I've gotten to, like with Royal Rumble and getting to meet CPG and McGruber and, you know, Smith, well, not Smith, but like there's uh, fucking, I'm going to get killed for this one. Super Beard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> infamous like it was a cool time and you know if it wasn't for what we do i wouldn't have never even knew who the hell those guys are and cpg is one of the greatest human beings on the planet uh i i miss him on tiktok but i understand why he left yeah what what possessed you or or enticed you to join tiktok and become a creator and all this stuff fucking nick harrison the professor mr professor <laughs> I, I like I put on the comment he left a comment on the video that I did I released tonight and he put you know go get it put go get it bro I'm proud of you and I commented no matter what this is all your fault <laughs> uh professor professor and I go back almost six years five six years now of knowing each other um him and I met doing efeds and we were cutting promos on each other and that's nice. how Nick and I met each other and that's how he developed the professor I uh, was through that world. I was, I wasn't Panda. I was the franchise then. Uh, and in that world, that's what I was known by. But Professor, that name was always there. And Professor and I were both doing our own things. We always were great friends. Nick's always been a wonderful guy. He's been there with me through some dark shit in my life. Uh, but it have been, well, hell, let's see. My one year was June 1st. So it would have been last February, March. Um, Nick would be messaging me, telling me, you know, just give TikTok a shot. Hey, look at me. Look what I'm doing. If I'm able to do this, there's surely a place for your ass. Hey, yeah. you have as much charisma as I do. Just you're not as pretty as me. Like, all right, kiss my ass. <laughs> uh, and I fast forward to June and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I I was it was like eleven o'clock noon and I saw like people like aiming nerf guns at each other. Like, you know what, I can do this. So I went out on my back deck with my my son's little nerf sniper rifle and just acted like I was engaging the shot. Like, that was it. <laughs> I I honestly I didn't get into doing wrestling TikTok till like September of last year. Yeah. I it, I've only been doing wrestling TikTok for about nine months. Before I got into wrestling TikTok, I was doing like 90s videos of like, did you know this person was in this shit? 
or the one video that went viral of my dad because my dad looks like Earl Sinclair from Dinosaurs on ABC in the 90s. Like <laughs> spitting image. My dad even wears the red and black plaid shirt like Earl does. It's really fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that would have been a week on to being on TikTok. And then that week I had a thousand followers. Uh, and that video alone had like 75,000 views within two weeks. Wow. And I was just like, wow. Well, maybe there is a place for me here. Nick might have yeah. been right. And this is only my fifth video I've done. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah. It, I, in around September, mid-September time, I got really bored doing the 90s shit because I felt like it wasn't me. Uh, and I, I was watching Infamous Opinionist a lot. I was a big fan of his. And I was watching Lou Nonsense, too, because that motherfucker will make me laugh with, with all his stuff. <laughs> And I saw Jade's opinions. I was like, and I think it, the one that drew me to wrestling TikTok was when he said the Broods music sucked. And I immediately was like, <laughs> what? Well, allow me to introduce myself to wrestling TikTok. <laughs> right. And once I did, this shit became a whirlwind. Hey, yeah. I never would have thought 95% of the shit that's happened would have happened in the last nine months. It's wild. It's it's crazy. You know, my my beginnings are a little bit weird. Uh, it falls along the lines. Dude, I absolutely hated TikTok. Like, nope. and I'll, I'll be honest, I hated TikTok. My kids, I seen trends that they were watching, trends that they were doing, and I was like, humanity is going downhill fast. Yeah, exactly. And uh and then my wife would watch TikTok, and uh, next thing I know, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, like, while I'm gaming, she's listening to videos, and I'm like, okay, this is interesting, um, so uh, this is weird. So I'm, like, listening, and I'm laughing along, whatever, and next thing I know, uh, she, she watches this video where this woman had lost her husband to addiction, and the husband left a note behind. And it, it hit me in the soul, dude. Like, I was crying. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this sucks. And it hurts. And then I started thinking. I was like, well, if, if, if there's a lot of pain, I can do some good because I've got certifications. And so that's when I started. I started making content. And I made one video that uh, I was in my fields and I needed – I needed just somebody to be there and talk to. And, you know, my wife was at work, whatever. And I did my sit with me video and that shit blew up over the weekend to one, 1. 1.3 million. I still can't and get that number at all. <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't been able to replicate it. And I figured out it's because it's the authenticity of it. You know, it's, it's the emotion driven behind it. The authenticity and, and, and I, I don't know if this is a word, but I used it earlier, the genuinity of the whole situation. That's my word. I used it. Genuinity. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and I've met some amazing people. You know, obviously, I got to meet you. Uh, I got to meet, uh, you know, talk, talk to talk to Wheezy and 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 Heel Kevin and Smithception and all these other great wrestling uh, TikTok uh, creators. And, and it's just awesome. I mean, even Sledge. Sledge is a good dude. Super awesome guy. You know, dude. OK, you bring up him. I need to tell you the story of how him and I first met. Oh, boy. Uh, so I I did the 
we'll say destruction of a kingdom video. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not giving that fucker credit. So we'll go with destruction <laughs> of a kingdom. And I was at work the next day and he'll Kevin messaged me. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Hey man, we need to talk. And I was just like, Oh shit. If Kevin's messaging me out of loop, because this became, this was before Kevin and I became really cool. And yeah. I was just like, fuck if Kevin's messaging me. And I know that heel names together, this isn't going to be a good conversation. Uh, yeah. And he's like, dude, I got to say, I fucking love you. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. He's like, yeah. dude, my friend Sledge even saw that video and thinks that it is the greatest shit of all time. Like, are we talking Ring of Honor, Sledge? Yes, we're talking Ring of Honor, Sledge. Like, what? Nice. <laughs> and fast forward now, I, I was just talking with Sledge and texting with him yesterday. Like, he knew the news of the video I was dropping today yesterday just because I needed to get some people's ideas especially ones that are in the business that can kind of talk about my health injuries yeah. to make sure that, you know, all right, yeah, you're making a smart decision or, you know, this is going to be rash. Like, yeah, I, I have to go to people that I trust in those situations. And sledge is one of those people I trust in the situation. Um, same way with Zach Monstar, uh, wonderful human being. If you don't know who he is, he's on TikTok too. Uh, he's an independent wrestler in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, he is he's been a hell of like that was the first time i ever got to run the ropes was in zach's ring uh so nice. i've gotten to do that a little bit and when i was running he's like dude you're fucking natural running the ropes <laughs> well yeah i've watched <laughs> it enough i should be able to know how to bounce off the ropes jesus christ <laughs> right <laughs> uh, but like it's it's cool and it's so insane to think of like looking in my phone book now from a year ago and like there's Bill Alfonso. There's Vito. There's Sledge. Like, yeah. On and on and on and on. It's just like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. It's <laughs> Why crazy. is this last week? Why is this? Because I, I literally am just basically being an American John Oliver at this point. Like, yeah. why is this working so well? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. So, hard hating question. When did you become a fan of professional wrestling? Oh, fuck. Um, I can't tell you the exact moment, but I can tell you how long it's been because in my family, uh, I didn't have like a big brother growing up or anybody that I kind of like modeled myself after, but I had my uncle, which was my mom's brother. Uh, mm -hmm. He he was 16 or he is 16 years older than me. I'm not going to say like he's gone because he's still here. Like, uh, and he was always the big brother to me. And he got me into watching football and sports and playing video games and then into wrestling. Uh, and a lot of my earliest memories are all wrestling related. I remember being uh, four or five years old and I was front row at a WWF event and I was on my uncle's shoulders wearing my Hulk Hogan bandana. And I, oh, the only things I remember from that is seeing Ricky the Dragon Steamboat blow in the fire warlord and barbarian and the goddamn bushwhackers came down and licked my head <laughs> that's funny my uh my first memory of life and i i mean this my first memory of life is watching hogan and andre at wrestlemania and Mine, mine's right up there but it's not hogan and andre it's liger and pillman oh nice 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 yeah I'm my huge huge juice and thunder liger guy He's 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 amazing. Fun he's fact: amazing. that dude did a video for me. Really? 
I in that eFed world, there is a guy who actually helps run FSW in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, his name's Rocky T. Uh, Rocky was in the eFed world with us, and he still kind of does his own thing too. But he he has a huge promotion, like Chris Bay trained there, Carrying Cross has been there. Uh, oh, yeah. Jushin Thunder Liger did an event there and he knows I'm a Jushin Mark and he's like, Hey dude, I wanted to send you a surprise. And there's Jushin Thunder Liger trying to talk to me, you know, trying to talk through the dialect and everything. And just like, that is amazing. And in my hallway right outside the door is two separate eight by tens autographed by Jushin Thunder Liger. That's, that's amazing. Right above it is the Rainmaker. Nice. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I grew up, dude, uh, an absolute wrestling fanatic, dude. Like, my life was encapsulated by wrestling. Yeah, yeah, dude. And then I got I got wrestling taken away from me, and, and I told this story earlier in my last one. But uh, I was like four or five. My sister was three, and I gave her the Hulk Hogan leg drop. Just, just fucking out of nowhere. There was no warning. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. My grandma was like, okay, no more wrestling. And my grandpa would sneak me down to the basement to watch wrestling from time to time. The next thing that, that I remember is watching WrestleMania 14, uh, um, Undertaker and Kane in the Inferno match. Yeah. And I was like, sucked back into it. And then they took it away again. And then I moved up with my dad in Pennsylvania, and uh, my first pay-per-view back was WCW Starcade 97 with Hogan and, and Sting. And that, for me, is my favorite pay-per-view of all time. I don't care what anybody says, how shitty the ending was, how much interference the NWO had. That is my heart. And my favorite match, my, my, favorite, my favorite match on that show is, is Eddie and Dean, uh, hands down. And that's the opening match. You know, it's funny that you mentioned WCW because I've only said this story one time in private. Uh, and it's actually to the guy that I'm going to tell the story about. So back in 97, it was the day after Scott Hall won World War III. Mm -hmm. uh, Monday Nitro was in Saginaw, Michigan, which is like 45 minutes from where I'm at. Mm -hmm. My uncle actually got tickets for me and him to go to Nitro. Uh, and while we're there, like they're doing the Scott Hall celebration, they have the confetti coming down with like the flyers they used to drop. I have one of those flyers still at my mom's house, the eight by 10 with it's Eric Bischoff pinning Larry Zabisco and Scott Hall's counting the three. Yeah. Uh, I still have that. But the, the memory I, or I had is I remember watching the Mama Lukes wrestle while I was there wow. because I really loved Johnny, St Johnny the Bull and I loved Big Vito back then because I just thought they were fucking badasses. And yeah. Then we fast forward the clock 20 years later, and here I am every week. I do two shows a week with Vito. Hey, how life can be so full circle where you can just reflect on your childhood and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> how did I get here? What is this? How did I get here? I can't be yeah. anything grateful anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Going up through the years, um, mm -hmm. you know, being a professional wrestling fan and, and stuff like that, when did when when were you absolutely sold, like 100% like, this is what I love, this is going to be a passion of mine? Okay, so I got to ask you uh, a question back before I can fully explain that. Are we talking, when did I think that I could make this a possibility? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, God's honest truth. Not until recently. Um, 
because growing up, this will elaborate on my medical story a little. Uh, I was always told I could never play football. I could never do high school sports um, because I had two brain surgeries when I was born. Well, I was seven months old when I had the surgeries born because I was born with two brain tumors. Uh, mm. So when I was seven months old, I had the surgery, but my mom was always you know, super protective because she didn't want a solid shot to mess everything up, which I completely get. Uh, so it always like casted a shadow of doubt over me with everything. Cause it's always like, I know I should be there, but I'm over here still. Um, it was always like, it always came across like a crack dream to me. Yeah. And then, oh, I would say over the last 60 days, it's become more of a, holy shit, this can really happen. Even though I'm at like DDP age, uh, <laughs> this something's happening here and uh it's i don't want to stop the cyclone but i don't know where it's going yeah and it's kind of awesome and it's shitty at the same time because with my videos they're very controlled and i control my environment and having something that is completely countercultural even for me mm -hmm. is otherworldly i you gotta trust the guy across the ring from you I got to trust 19 other guys across the ring for me. Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah, I'm in a battle royal, dog. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're in a battle royal. That's crazy. And we'll get to that here in a second. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, something I, I want to ask. And Absolutely. I, I don't know. You've probably gotten this question before. Sure. Uh, Pat McAfee, what, what brought that on? What? What made you shoot your shot with Pat McAfee? And actually tell backstory about, about that. Okay. Um, let's, let's talk about McAfee for a minute before I get into how the whole shit happened. Um, I've always adored McAfee ever since he was at West Virginia playing punter with Pat, Wing, Pat White and Steve Slayton and all those guys. Like, because you never saw a punter that tried to have swagger. It was always just, all right, good day. <laughs> Yeah, he would always yeah. come out and he would try to be different. And it was always just, there, it was always, I want to keep my eye on that guy. Even though he's not the biggest dude on the field, he's making the most ruckus. Yeah. Uh, and then when he retired and decided to start gambling on himself a little bit and doing his own show, and then seeing how that kind of skyrocketed, I followed it for a while. And then when COVID happened and everybody had the time to basically just be home, um, I was watching his show religiously and then I became almost like I was doing my homework on Pat and like watching the stand-up special, finding out more and wanting to like, everything was interesting. Like watching them rip the roof off the MetLife and like fuck Boston Connor from the other day, like that whole shift from then to now. Um, but it all happened by happenstance and it's all, I don't know what the hell happened that day in the universe where it all lined up but i was off that day from work and i was home and i was watching the show and always toward the end of the show once they close like the xm side of it they him and aj just kind of bullshit around for a few minutes and then they close the show mm -hmm. uh they got to the last couple of minutes and i was like cleaning my house like i remember shutting off the vacuum as i heard this and he's like hey uh, if anybody knows anybody, we're looking for bookers for the show. Uh, just 
let us know if you guys could recommend anybody. I'm just like, I'm anybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. And yeah. then I, I had to develop a plan really quick because I knew the attention span was going to be very short for what I was going to be able to do. So I did the video where I called him out and that shit went way quicker than I thought it was gonna. Um, to the point where the very next day, him and Tone are talking about me on the show and Connor too. And like Pat saying how he adores my heart or my passion and, you know, shit like that. And Tone being annoyed by my fucking presence, like at Boston Connor respecting me, like that's insane to think that they know me. Uh, and that so many people went to bat to try and get his attention. Like, here's the thing that nobody knows. Um, I don't even know if I can actually say this, but we're going to say this because I, I apologize to my friend if he's going to end up watching this podcast. The amount of powerful people that reached over to the McAfee camp was ungodly. Um, I will give you a clue, but I can't say a name. Okay. Um, so Birmingham, Alabama, mm -hmm. there is a doctor there that does a lot of surgeries. That doctor might have called a three-lettered person on my behalf to reach out to McAfee. No way. Yeah, I have proof. Yeah, wow. it reached all the way to that level where three-lettered people knew who I was. To now. <laughs> and it's just like, well, shit is happening, huh? Like this escalated quickly. <laughs> a certain uh, a certain hunter. Uh, yeah, we'll say he was a outdoorsman person. Um, okay. He his terror was rising back in the day. Mm. Uh, <laughs> He's very cerebral. Yeah, he he was a cerebral person. You'd almost say he was an assassin at times. But yeah, that person um, knows. He liked to play he, games. He yeah, likes he was to a play big, games. He's a real game master. Uh, he. Uh, <laughs> He got a call from a doctor in Alabama on my behalf. That's insane. Which is just, yeah, wild to think that the doctor knows who I am, too, uh, through a friend of mine on TikTok. And I won't, like I say, I won't say his name because I don't want to get him in trouble or have people, you know, start blowing him up. But, like, holy shit. <laughs> I had to take a couple moments there, and I called one of my best friends, and I'm like, dude, um, shit happened. Uh, he's like, what did Pat call you? A little bit bigger, I think, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's insane, dude. Uh, that thing. So the McAfee thing, and people have asked me, and I did one video about it, like, what happened with it since? Your guys' guess is as good as mine. Uh, there was radio silence since that day. Uh, and recently they did a, a spot where they talked about Kevin. And Kevin, wonderful dude, one of my great buddies. And to see them giving him recognition is awesome now, too, because yeah. now they're starting to recognize us in the wrestling side of TikTok instead of just, oh, here's another viral dancer or here's this stupid shit or here's this tragedy. Like, here's something where it's just like it's a hobby, but that person's saying what the hell? Uh, so that's kind of dope that we we're breaking through to another side that none of us thought we could have a year ago. Hell, I didn't think we could a year ago. I wasn't even on this fucking side of the team then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, to think about it, it's crazy that you have a national figure 
such as Pat McAfee, you know, uh, talking about you on a show that everybody hears. Yeah. And you're like, and, and, and even like when, when that, when your video came out and said, he recognized me, I went and checked it out and watched the whole thing. And I was like, holy shit. Dude, that's all I did. Wow. <laughs> I was at work. Okay. And it got to the three o'clock hour and I remember I was sitting with a patient in the room and I always had my phone is always on vibrate while I'm at work. And most of the time it's just always on vibrate period. I'm sitting there with a patient and just what the fuck is going on? So I'm thinking like, I got a family emergency. I get done with the patient. I hurry up and sneak out of the room and I just sneak into one of the other rooms. I look at my phone and it's one of my co-hosts like, dude, dude, dude. He talked about you. They talked about you like bullshit. He said, go to this timestamp. This is the time spot till this time they're talking about you. All right. So I'm sitting, I go into the bathroom and lock the door. Like I'm going to, Ooh, Matt's going to be a minute. I'll be right back. Ooh. <laughs> Matt had Taco Bell and I'm sitting like, Holy shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I, everything kind of started there. That's like, I already had a, I've always, prided myself with what I've done and I've said it I like being grassroots like this is what you see I don't have an elaborate setup and it's kind of just because I'm poor but <laughs> I, it also because I want the message to come from here and not from here yeah. uh, so that's part of like why I enjoy the grassroots style that I do even though this is live from my daughter's bedroom uh, like yeah this is my daughter's bedroom that I do everything from she just lets me <laughs> do but uh, it's Every, I had a grassroots kind of swell already going all the way up until January. Then that mm -hmm. shit happened. And then it started coming up. And then Pat just... And I, I, I hope we still get that chance in Indy soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kevin and I are really trying. Uh, Kevin is building that custom world title for Pat. It's getting nice. mixed right now. Um, and he wants to present that to Pat if we lose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I think at this point, he just wants to give it to him if we can be in his presence. And Kevin yeah. said he'll be driving up from Georgia for that. Uh, I will awesome. be driving from Michigan down. So it's only like five hours for me to get to Indy. So it would be well worth the time for me. I don't give a damn. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's cool. It's one of those things where I'm going to sound hubrisy, but... At the same point, I don't care. Um, it's it's one of those things that's kind of bigger than me. Um, yeah. Because I like seeing people like Steven's wrestling journey on TikTok. Uh, Steven is one of the sweetest little kids I've ever got to talk to. And he wants me on his show too. And I'm going to be on with Steven here shortly. Uh, but like seeing people like him messaging me saying how the stuff that I do inspires him to do what he does. Or, you know, I've talked with so many people i've gotten messages even just today from people saying thank you i'm i'm doing this podcast now because of you uh like that shit i have no words uh i never would have thought of that from the beginning like all the cool shit that is happening to me super dope i'm i'm kind of just living in the moment and just hopefully we can make it to july uh <laughs> but like with seeing the amount of people that are inspired now and they don't feel like they're sitting in a shadow of darkness, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. They, 
knocking down those walls where everybody feels a lot more accepted and seeing so many new creators just randomly develop. It's mm -hmm. fantastic to see just the amount of people from across the world that have kind of just, hi, we're all here. Yeah. And it's been amazing to watch even as an insider looking out as an outsider looking into, cause I know friends of mine, family that kind of watch my stuff. Um, it, which is kind of weird at the same time, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I still have to talk to them as Matt. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, but seeing so many people like, like Steven, like wheels wrestling, like I could name off probably six or seven more people where they're just, I'm doing this cause of you, or you inspired this or thank you for being that. Like, I didn't try to be anything. You just are. It's just what I've been brought up to be. I, I've had a fucked up life that made it to where I'm at through the brain surgeries, through the divorce, through my suicide attempt a few years back to where I am now. Like four years ago, I was sitting or three years ago. I was, no, it was four years now. Four years ago, I was sitting in my car preparing to go and Zach Monstar, JD Drake of AEW, they both kind of, they're, they're both good friends of mine through the eFed world. And then James didn't really, we, we talked, but we didn't talk a lot. He happened to message me during all of that. And he knew something was wrong with me and he'd never let me go. Uh, and same way with Monstar and Professor. Uh, those three guys helped keep me alive. So like, uh, when I sit here and I see people like Professor who are out here just absolutely thriving and getting recognized by Tom Morello and Five Finger Death Punch and the fucking NFL recognized him today. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> hey, what? I am beyond proud of that man because as much as people think I'm a great human being, Nick Harrison is absolutely one of the greatest men on this planet. He is not some actor character whatever it is you see on his videos that he does he yeah. is that genuine human being all day every day and he if it wasn't for him i wouldn't be on tiktok if it wasn't for zach jd and nick i wouldn't probably be here period so yeah. like it's cool to see jd thriving with aew nick killing it with every social media and just blazing down the doors and i'm just kind of walking down behind him now like ooh, this is nice uh yeah. and then seeing zach owning real pro wrestling in fort myers and seeing his upcoming match in august against our good buddy sledge uh <laughs> it's so great to see your family thriving too uh, because it's very much the company you keep but mm -hmm. It's one of those things where, but this, we have a very unique brotherhood of us EFED people. Uh, and even though some of us hated each other and we didn't get along and all this shit, the amount of EFED people, the brothers and sisters from them that kind of all are there for Nick and I, and you know, we're all there for JD and we all are there for Zach. And it's kind of cool to see that that fraternity is still there even if as i've left that game for over a year now um yeah. it's cool to see the the change and the impact that can be left yeah yeah you you know you talked about changing there's something that i do want to bring to light about the change that you are 
are doing along with some other professional or pro TikTok or pro wrestling TikTok uh, creators. Oh, yeah. And that is taking taking the toxicity out of being a professional wrestling fan. And that is one of the other things that that attracted me to uh, to you was the fact that, you know, pro wrestling fans, we inherently are toxic as shit. We're and I'm fucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know, we 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 loved the fact that Kofi Kingston won the title, but hated his title run. Yeah. And then we'll bag on everybody, but but the person, you know, bad booking, terrible booking, and 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 fuck WWE. We're not gonna <laughs> watch it. Or like like you know the uh, the the death match between Mox and Omega, and, uh. and we love we loved it. It was absolutely shit at the end. You know, fucked up AEW. We're not gonna ever watch it again. And you embrace this idea of why can you not like everything or, or, or pick and choose what you like and leave the rest. Yep. And that's what I absolutely adore about you as a creator. And everybody that does that is, is that, is that you give voice. And I, I'm going to say this voice to the voiceless. Yes, absolutely. You give voice to the voiceless for, for those of us that, that, that don't have a voice or feel like we don't have a voice and say, you know, fuck all you toxic dudes. You know, why can't you enjoy all this? And that's why I enjoy like you and Wheezy and everybody that you mentioned is like, it's not. Why can't we just enjoy anything that we that we like? Like, dude, I fucking love Cowboy Brock Lesnar. Absolutely enjoyed it. And I can tell you another dude down the road to be like, fuck you. That's not really Brock Lesnar. Well, it really is. You know, I'm sorry, but that's really who he is. Yeah. That's who he is in real life, and he's just portraying, taking who he is in real life and putting it on TV. That's why he had the most fun he ever had. You could tell. Yeah, he loved it. Yeah, he was eating that shit up. You could tell when he came out and him and Sami Zayn were doing their thing that it, he had so much fun. Yeah, he loved that shit. Yeah. Letting like Brock and, Brock just. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's what I love about you about you and all the all your all the other creators on TikTok um, is that you guys are are being the voice for the voiceless and saying, hey, you know, pro wrestling can be fun. You just have to let it be fun and stop being toxic. See, like the best way. So, okay, how do I put this in a perspective? So when it comes to the nihilistic tribalistic view of toxic wrestling fandom. I understand their argument. I do get their argument. I get why they need that little soapbox of freedom to speak on the, what they got to say. I get it. But my counter argument to them is, okay, where do you live? Oh, you live in Oklahoma, let's say. And that's no disrespect to anybody in Oklahoma. But, oh, okay, I bet you probably watched or grew up with WWF or WCW, AWA, NWA, something like that, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So you never really saw what like New Japan was doing or Progress Wrestling or all the other wonderful promotions that are out there, Dragon Gate, so many others. Yeah. They, no, because this is the be where the best wrestlers in the world come. You think every other country's promotion doesn't say the same shit? You yeah. think Japan's not sitting there saying Will Ospreay is the best damn wrestler in the world and that's because he's in New Japan just like they did with Omega and Skiles and every other gaijin that came in, Brock Lesnar? Kurt yep. Angle, the top stars always go there because mm -hmm. that's our nihilistic view of, well, 
America's the best, or this place is the best, or France, or I can't even make it through saying France is the best. But anyway, <laughs> you get what I'm yeah. saying. Right. Yeah. That's where trying to change the the idea comes from and change the, my whole thing has been trying to change the culture. Uh, and it started with the revolution. The revolutions came and gone now. Now it's about changing the culture. Now we yeah. can change the culture and we have been changing the culture because you know, the amount of people that not necessarily are branching out and watching new wrestling promotions, but the amount of wrestling promotions that are coming out to the people now and not just, you know, the big four, let's say, let's, we could throw progress out there because they've been all over social media lately, you know, real pro ARW. There's so many damn promotions that are out there throwing shit out there for you and everybody to enjoy my thing. I grew up loving people like Sting and Great Muda and Jushin yeah. Liger and Flair and the NWO and all of that shit. But I also got to really understand and respect the work of people like Kazuchika Okada. Yeah. And that's why I personally think, and I will argue this with anybody as long as the day is, that Kazuchika Okada is the greatest professional wrestler that is living on this damn planet right now. Will Ospreay, people like that, they're up there, but there is only one damn rainmaker. <laughs> and that's Okada. And that is Okada, hands down. And I will argue that Punk is up there for me, too. Punk is 1B to yeah. me, but Okada will always be the greatest professional wrestler, and I think probably of all time when he's done. I, I, would, I would have to agree with you. Um, you know, being up here in Alaska it is fucking hard to get professional wrestling up here. Dude, I and and, and I mean, you know, we had WWF come in like, and I'm not originally from Alaska, so, but, uh, you know, we had WWF come uh, back in like the early 90s and then for eh, nothing. Yep. And then we had WWE come when I first got here in 2017. And then after that, we didn't have anything until 2019. And that was, that was WrestlePro, that was WrestlePro out of, out of New Jersey and New York. And Do they come at least... <laughs> I mean, if you want to, like but what I did with AEW, I called AEW out. Now they got two fucking shows in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing is, the thing is, is like, you know, we have WrestlePro that comes up here uh -huh. and, and the, the guy that runs WrestlePro, Kevin Matthews, absolutely amazing dude. He brought up, he brought up Mick Foley, which is one of the best interactions I've ever had with a professional wrestler. What's the Scarlet uh, up there too? Scarlet. She came up here twice. They actually got married up here on the glacier. Yeah. Um, you know, we had them, we had, uh, we had Tommy dreamer. I bumped shoulders with Tommy dreamer, Sammy Callahan. He, he, we, he, they actually did a show in like, in like a Harley Davidson factory or like store. Yeah. And Sammy, Sammy Callahan sat right behind me and I looked at him. I said, Hey man, I really appreciate the work that you get to do because we don't get those interactions with, with people. And, and so it's super, super fucking awesome to see when they do come up here. Uh, the next show, they're having DDP come up here, uh, and they were supposed to have, like, the acclaimed, but because of some things, it didn't work out. So they're working on bringing other people. Yeah, yeah, working on bringing other people. But, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you a story real quick before we move on of the best interaction I had with anybody, and this is why he is my favorite wrestler, fucking period. And that's no disrespect to Okada because I, I think Okada is, is the best wrestler alive, but my favorite. 2011, I lived at in, in Fort Bragg, North Carolina when I was active duty. And uh, they did tribute to the troops. 
And um, so they offered free tickets to service members. All you got to do is show up. And if you show up your first 800 soldiers, you get free, uh, free upgraded seats. I was down for it. I'm for it. I love it. Um, we overshot the entrance and we went to turn around. And as we're turning around, we see them shoot this Slim Jim commercial with Rey Mysterio, Big Show and Eve Torres. And so like we stop and, and we get to watch and interact with them. And I had already met Rey Mysterio the day before, but he was super cool and he remembered me. And I was like, that's awesome. Big Show was super funny. We all know that. So we get back to the arena and it, the show doesn't start till eight. We show up at 11. Like I'm standing in fucking line because I want I want upgraded seats. And this guy comes out maybe 20 minutes after we get there and he's like, I need six soldiers to come down and help me out with this detail. <laughs> And I'm just happy that I'm there. So I volunteer and I go inside and uh, he puts us in this elevator and he's like, you guys are going to really enjoy this detail. And I was like, well, I don't. Okay, whatever. Like I'm used to cleaning shit. So whatever you got is is like going to make me happy. And we get down to the garage level. And I think you know where this goes. We get to the garage level and he takes us outside to the loading dock and he's like, your guys' details to meet and greet everybody that comes through here. Dude, I absolutely, I, I almost fainted. Like, Andy absolutely. Marsh. Just God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost fucking lost it. And uh, and so we're standing out there. And I got to meet Cody. I got to meet Booker. Uh, Michael Cole. Uh, Billy Kidman, when he worked in the back. I'm pretty sure he still does. Yeah, uh, yeah. Vince. Still met Vin. I got to meet Vince and John Laurinaitis. I didn't get to meet Triple H or Stephanie. I, that's one of the things. But we're sitting there talking, and everybody knew I'm a punk fan. And this was in like right, right after Money in the Bank. Oh, yeah. after he after he walked out with the title. And I'm standing there, and we're talking about it. And, and one of my buddies is like, "Hey, man, don't freak out." Punk is right behind you. And and mind you, the guy that that the guy that brought us down there said, Don't yell at anybody. Don't yell at superstars. If they want to come and talk to you, they will. And I turn around and I see him. And instantly that left me. Mind you, I'm in I'm in uniform, dude. Like maroon beret on. Ready to go. Ready to go. And I'm like, punk. Like, dude, just everything in me, punk, like con, but like punk, right? He turns around and he looks at me and he's like, hey. And as he's walking over, the dude who put us on his details walking over, right? Angry as shit. And they intersect. And this dude starts, like, goes to start to yell at me. And Punk's like, no, no, no. You leave him be. And Punk sits there and he's like, hey, man, what's up? I was like, dude, I have been a fan of yours for as long as I can fucking remember. And, like, and he was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like. You know, I've watched everything that you have, you know, and I am absolutely in all of you and and your presence. This dude literally did not want to talk about himself. He was like, hey, man, tell me about you. Tell me about what you do. And what is that even fucking possible? Somebody that I watch on TV sitting there, not wanting to talk about him, but wanting to talk about me. And he sat with me for an hour. Dude, an hour of his time where he didn't have where he didn't have to. He could have gone inside. Yeah. Dude, it's December and it's cold as shit. He could have gone inside and he didn't. He hung out with me. My 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 daughter's mom called and she's you know, she's like, Who are you talking to? Cause she can look down and see. 
I'm like, oh, I'm talking to Punk. And he's like, is that your, your wife? And I was like, yeah, that, you know, he's like, let me talk to her. So I handed him the phone and do talk to her on the phone and was like, hey, after the show, I'm going to be on the stage and I'll come down and hang out with you guys. And I'm like, it's bullshit, whatever. He's just saying that. And he almost gave one of the females a, a GTS. He like picked her up and spun her around. I was like, GTS. I, and then, yeah, he lifted her up. I was like, I'm just playing. Um, but, you know, we go in, we got upgraded seats because we left our family. Like I'm talking, I got ringside seats for, for doing that, which I'm, I was ecstatic about. And when he comes, yeah, when he comes out for his big six man tag with him, Cena and, I can't remember who's on the other, you know, on this team, but then it was like uh, Big Show, Alberto Del Rio, and Mark Henry. Christian, maybe. I think it was Christian. Yeah, Christian. Um, he turns and he finds us in the crowd and he takes his shirt off and throws it at my at my wife. And this dude stuck his hand up, snagged it, and he's like, No, 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 and points to her and he gave her the shirt. That's amazing. Yeah. And then and I was like, Well, that is badass, dude. And after the show, he's like sitting there up on the stage and like we're turning around. Cena's giving a speech. I don't disclaimer. I, yeah. I'm not a I'm not a Cena fan at all. Fuck Cena. And it has nothing to do with him as a performer. Mm-hmm. But turn around and I'm and, and he finds us in the crowd and he waves at us. And I was like, me? And he's like, yes, you. And he waves at me. And I was like, hey, dude. And he comes down after and sits with us, doesn't talk to anybody else, sits with us. And just bullshits with us for 20 minutes. And I was like, this man right here is is the reason why I will forever be a punk fan. And when he left, I was devastated. And when he came back, I sat in my living room on my floor and fucking cried like a little infant. Yeah, I was at my table like, this is finally happening. (laughs) Yeah, I, I ran into my, like, I was starting to hyperventilate. And I ran into my room and my wife was, you know, just getting off work, changing, whatever. And I'm like, he, 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 he's, he's, he's back, he's back. And like, mind you, I wasn't with my wife at that time. Like we had only been married up to like three years at that point, uh, at this point. And she's like, who's back? And she sticks her head out and she's like, oh, I'm like, he, he's, he's, he's fucking back. And I'm just sitting there just losing my shit, dude. And it was the most in, like amazing feeling that i've ever had it's like you you lose your dog and your dog comes back to you not not that punk not that punk's a dog but (laughs) you know you lose your best friend your best friend comes back to you seven years later all that emotion is just it's funny because like with punk um you hear so many stories about people saying he's a dick or you know he's an ass da 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 uh i haven't got to meet punk yet but like (laughs) Like, the shit is funny because you and I have so many parallel stories of shit that happened. Not necessarily, I didn't serve or anything like that. Um, I randomly met Sting and Jeff Jarrett and AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, and Christian. Uh, I was going to Bound for Glory 2006, uh, and it was Impact's first event outside of Orlando. And it was in Detroit. And I was there, and my uncle and my buddy and I, we drove down. We're clam baking the whole fucking ride. (laughs) And we get there and we get to the parking lot like, man, the show's in like an hour and a half. What the hell are we going to do? Because normally you see like people tailgating and shit. There's nobody there. We go inside. We're the first ones in line at the door. Like, oh, okay, whatever. So we're just standing there talking. All of a sudden we turn around. Here comes Jeff Jarrett walking by. And I'm just like, you're the the world heavyweight champion. 
And all of a sudden, here comes Sting. Here comes AJ. And I got to stop AJ for a second. I'm like, holy shit. Um, what the fuck are you guys doing? And he's like, we didn't know where the wrestler's entrance was, so we just came through the front door. Uh, oh, like, wow. What? He's like, yeah, Samoa Joe's coming right now. All of a sudden, I look over, and there's Joe walking by like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then Absolute like, madness. Those guys in America's Most Wanted ended up all walking by like, hey, guys, what's going on? And it was just the three of us standing there at the door because not even security had came out yet to us. Oh, wow. Yeah, we were that fucking stone, dude. <laughs> wow. Damn. Great, uh, great show. I, I I do have to share one more story before we move on, and it's about Mick Foley. And, and I don't know if you've had the pleasure of meeting Mick. Not yet. I will. Uh, Mick is the one of the nicest people, uh, hands down, that I've ever met. Um, when they came up here and they did a show up here, all I wanted to do was go up and say, hey, man, thank you for creating a wrestling fan of my wife. And I mean that because my wife, when, when her and I first met, I was like, hey, I'm a professional wrestling fan. That's a bit taboo. Uh, if you don't like it, uh, I'm sorry, you don't have to be. She looked at me and she was like, show me the most fucked up thing that you can show me. Say no more. So I showed her Mick and Vader, Mick and Undertaker. I wish Lady Panda could have took some notes about that. <laughs> you know, I, I showed her, you know, uh, Mick and Vader. I showed her uh, Mick and Undertaker, Mick and Kane, dude, like everything that I could. And she became a wrestling fan because of Mick Foley. And he was like, what do you mean? And I told him. And he's like, so you showed her all the fucked up matches. And I was like, well, that's what she asked for. So that's what she got. And my wife is standing behind me like three feet. And he's like, hey, young lady, come here. And he brings it up to the table and he's like, you see this right here? And he pulls his hair away and there's the ear that's that's missing. And he's like, I and he starts going through all of the injuries in his body and showing her. And he's like, I did it all for you guys. And and I just I almost got emotional. And he's like and and, you know, he was like, when are you guys getting married? And it just so happened we we're getting married the next month. And he's like, OK, well, consider this an early wedding present. He signs a picture for free. He hadn't stood up all night for anybody to take pictures and he stood up for us. And that we have a shrine to, to Mick Foley upstairs in my living room. Like, dude, he's such an amazing human. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. My, you have a shrine. Dude, I have so many themed rooms in my house. Uh, we have a Nintendo bathroom. We have a bathroom that's all riddled out in the office. Uh, nice. My daughter's room is all horror movie themed. Uh, so there's different horror movie posters all around the wall. Um, I have my wrestling hallway right outside this door. I have a Batman and Joker hallway over by the master bedroom. Um, my house is big. Uh, <laughs> but like every room has a theme to it. So it's kind of cool to walk into the Nintendo bathroom and you see a whole Mario level on the walls around you because I put stickers. That's awesome. Design it. Like, it, it makes it so it's kind of unique. Like my Batman and Joker hallway is dope as shit. Uh, yeah. My wrestling hallway, if you enjoy wrestling, it's super cool. If not, you kind of walk mm -hmm. by and like, why do you see this dude like jumping over the top rope looking crazy? And it's Kenny Omega. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got, you got, you have to, you have to live in what you enjoy living in. Yep. And, and I realize and that now. Yeah. And, and that's why I, I try to tell people, like, don't do anything because anybody else wants you to do it because you want to and because you love it. Yep. And if you don't, if you stop loving it, then stop doing it. That's the last day you do it. 
absolutely. And you know, you talked about like about like themed areas or themed rooms. Like I have a whole themed area. Like uh, over by my TV is nothing but wrestling. Like I got mm-hmm. pops all over the fucking I've place. Got pops over my TV too. Yep. 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 Uh, I got a Bullet Club flag right behind my my TV and posters on the walls. I've got the and Bullet Club Young Bucks right next to the TV. <laughs> nice, nice. I got the I got the pops like Young Bucks Bullet Club sitting on top of my. Yeah. Uh, Top left, right by the TV, and then I got the fiend down in the bottom right. (laughs) Nice, nice. I actually have a fiend standee right over here. Yeah, if you get look, I mean, I bought this. You can't really see it because the sun, but uh, I bought it after WrestleMania, like uh, last year, not this past year, but the one before. It's so ironic. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, Uh, you know. And then my wife loves dinosaurs, and we so we have a dinosaur dedicated area. Um, she loves horses. We have a horse dedicated area and we got a family wall. Our, we're, we're fucking nerds, dude. And, and I'd love it now till the day I die. I'm a fucking nerd yep. and, and I'm okay with it. it. It doesn't bother me because I would much rather be a nerd and enjoy something than live my life hating everything. You, you bring up a wonderful point with that. Um, because growing up, I always did what everybody else wanted me to do. Uh, I went to college for one day. One day, I didn't even properly drop out of my classes. I was just like, fuck this, I'm never coming back again. Because uh, I went for what my family wanted, which was like medical. And the second I heard, oh, well, with phlebotomy, we just practice on each other. Hard pass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <not doing. laughs> um, but because of like doing what I love now, uh, when I got divorced a few years ago, it's been about two and a half years since the divorce, uh my daughter and i of course it's very hard on her and her and i became distant for a while and growing up she loved wrestling like she loved the miz the miz was her dude uh (laughs) she actually just admitted to me like a few months ago she's like honestly the miz and justin bieber were my first crushes like well that's an odd combo but all right i'll take out of it um but she fell out of wrestling because of the divorce and all of that stuff and i completely understood Back in January, one of my best friends, he messaged me. He's like, hey, man, do you got any plans uh, this weekend? Like, no, why? He's like, you're going to GCW. I got you two tickets. Here, have fun. Like, I planned on taking my son uh, because he's nine. He, he kind of tries to enjoy wrestling because he knows dad loves it, too. Um, but my daughter was like, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Oh, okay, fuck. All right, get the car. And we get to GCW, and I'm kind of nervous about it because I know GCW, uh, but I'm friends with MLJ, the, the announcer mm. for GCW. And El- her and I are watching the show, and it goes to intermission, and Emil's walking around, and he's like, Panda, and walks over and just starts talking to me. And she's like, How do you know these people? That's <laughs> <laughs> doing some shit. And yeah. the very next match after intermission was Bussy, which is mm-hmm. Alec Ketch and Effie. Yeah. And she was hooked immediately. The second like, they started playing WAP, she's like, what? And then watching <laughs> Ali, watching Effie, and she became addicted to pro wrestling in that moment. And it was so beautiful to have that moment. And I had it on my TikTok for a while, and I ended up taking it down just because, you know, privacy. Uh, yeah. But to see that 
that radiance that I remember me having so long ago, seeing it through her made everything that I'm doing worth it because, mm -hmm. you know, now we've since January, she's gotten to hang out and meet Allie and Effie a few different times. She wants to go to every GCW that's in Michigan or near her now. And it's only me and her that can go. She doesn't want other people interrupting it. Like that's something like, if it wasn't for TikTok and everybody and people like, you know, yourself, like none of this shit would be happening. Right. Uh, Forbidden Door. I'm going to Forbidden Door and I did not buy my ticket. Oh, wow. One of my followers bought me the ticket to Forbidden Door. That's awesome. AEW, when they're coming to Grand Rapids, I have a ticket. I had my ticket confirmed yesterday and tickets don't didn't go on to sale until today. Hey, what? <laughs> and what? then when I get the message from the other day from I know what you're going to be coming into here soon. Like, all I can keep saying is what the hell is going on? And like my inner circle of people amongst me, like, you know, Lady Panda, like I mentioned and my kids, like everybody's like, what's next? Kind of looking at me like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're just on a rocket. Wherever this shit goes, we're going now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that you just fly by the seat of your pants, man. Sometimes that's the best option. If it, seeing the joy out of my daughter, uh, and not just like for her, I had a little selfish moment too because I referenced how I was the franchise and EFEDs. One of my followers is actually trained by Shane Douglas, and I did a video about me doing EFEDs, and that was my character, and I based it off of Shane a little bit in punk. and he ended up showing Shane the video and he was duetting Shane's response to me. And I'm just like, what the fuck? That's, <laughs> that's awesome. The, that's the, that's the real franchise. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's wild. It's, that's wild, man. It's so crazy, dude. Like I never ever would have thought what's going on is going, even though I can't hit 10,000 followers to save my damn life. It seems like everything else is something that's bigger than what my following is showing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it'll happen. It'll happen. Hey, it's not about, it's not about the numbers, man. It's a, it's, it's about the content being produced and you're making amazing content. I appreciate the shit out of that, dude. It's a bitch. Yeah, I mean, dude, this. Oh, mental I health is a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. I, because I don't talk. I, you want some real shit. I'll do some real shit for you. And I'm sorry I'm taking over your hosting for a minute. Go for it. I'm going to put down the bong even. I'm that serious. Mental health, when it comes to what we do, I don't talk about my mental health when it comes to my video work. Um, I actually am was diagnosed for depression, diagnosed for anxiety. I take uh, medication for my mental health. Um it took me a while to find the right medication that kind of works for me. Um, shout out to Trent Ellix. Uh, but the big thing, I don't know if this gets seen by, you know, 10 people, a thousand people, whatever the hell it ends up seeing this. Take your mental health seriously. If you're afraid to get help, don't be. And to the people that I'm going to talk to the other people, the people that love the people that are struggling, listen for a moment. 
when you see those people that you know are struggling and you know that shit is falling down left and right on them and you know that you don't know if they're going to end up going one way or the other at some point soon, don't let them say, I'm fine and brush you off. So many of us as men have been built to program ourselves to just be like, I'm okay. When we're a fucking reconciled. We as human beings and as men, and I'm not even just saying that in a sexist tone, just as men, we as human beings, as our nature can sense when shit is wrong with another human being. If you sense that something is wrong, if you sense that somebody is needing help, do not let them give you no for a fucking answer and force them to get you help. I would, you would rather have them be pissed off at you for the rest of your life than being at their funeral in the next few months of theirs. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you there, man. I had my own attempt. Um, and I, I got to this point in 2018 where I felt like nobody gave a shit. And like, but then again, I was putting on a mask. So nobody really knew. You know, I, I fed him that line that that I'm okay, I'm fine. Um, I but it really, yeah, I was, I was a fucking train wreck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're absolutely correct. You know, you, we we don't really take our mental health seriously. And then when somebody does say that they're struggling, we kind of like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not qualified to deal with that. Yeah. Well, that's bullshit. Bastardized. Yeah. That that's, that's bullshit because you are, you are qualified. If you know the person you're qualified enough to say, all right, well sit down let's talk. There's not a human being on this fucking planet that is not qualified to care. Exactly. Exactly. There's, there's, there's no, there's no certification. There's no, there's no uh, degree in caring. Bingo. The only, you know, and, and that's why I do what I do, man, is because uh, I've seen so many fucking people fall down on their face and not have a leg to stand on. And I've done it myself. You know, um, I, I care because, because you know, who's going to care if nobody, if I don't? Exactly. If, if I don't give a shit, then who else is going to? It takes and, one person to start a revolution. Exactly. Exactly. And there's a slow burn revolution going on now of, of mental health. And 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 I'm waiting for that motherfucker to catch fire, because once it does, it's going to be crazy. Exactly. You know, and, and I get to go I get to go to Nashville um, in July at the end of July and talk talk about about, you know, uh, recovery and my, my own recovery and in, in Nashville for a convention. And it's 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 going to be awesome. I'm excited for it. But it just doesn't stop there, you know, and it doesn't doesn't start there. It you know, it starts with, you know, everybody caring. And, and one of the big things is like men's mental health, like you talked about, you know, we, we have this condition where we say everything is fine because we have trust issues, because we have been burned in the past. But we don't take the time to try and attempt to trust people with our feelings and emotions. Yeah. Fuck swallowing your pride. Yeah, exactly. I'm so tired of growing up and. You know, if somebody passed away, I'll quit crying. I'll suck it up. Swallow your pride. Stiffen up your upper lip. Whatever the hell it may be. Why? You're you're just as much human as he is, as she is, as I am. Whoever the hell it may be. Whatever you want to be. I don't give a damn. Like, people are... Like, I have a lot of people that follow me that are also LGBTQ. And I know that, and I've interacted with a lot of those people too. And I think, you know, I love everybody. My thing, I don't care if you want to be whatever you want to be. As long as you are happy and your soul is fulfilled, cheers to you. 
Yeah. Like, I know people that have, re- I've read stories of people in Japan that have married robots or married, you know, trees or whatever the hell it may be. And people want to bastardize for them. Okay. I get it. You want to make your cheap joke for your three second joy, but really they don't give a shit. They're still yeah. happy. Yeah. We've created, we've created these labels for ourselves in which we identify as, uh, but we fail to identify as human being before we are anything else. Yeah, and and looking there then instead of here. Yeah. It, when we start identifying as human being, that's when the empathy starts falling in place. Bingo. And, and, and that's what I'm, I'm working so fucking hard to, to, to break is, is that, that thought that, you know, you can't be human for five minutes and make sure somebody's okay. Yeah. That's, that's a crock of shit to me. And it's yeah. hard. I, I get it. Me too. Like there's some days where it's just, and you'll see, cause there's, you'll see dry spells of my content where I am not on there for five days, six days a week. It's yeah. because I'm taking that mental time because I was turning and burning content. I, yeah. I, within a year I did almost a thousand videos. Yeah that's bastardized levels of numbers that yeah. I should be doing. And like, but I wanted to bring that change, that culture and have a different kind of voice and seeing people that are confident to step out of the camera now. And they're not wanting to tilt the camera down and talk just like this, where the phone's pointed at their ceiling. They're actually having the confidence to speak or yeah. having people. I, I have a, I have a couple followers of mine that are both hospital ridden right now. One of them has a trach tube. One of them recently had a limb removed and they're telling me how I inspire them. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> you inspire <laughs> you insp- me. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's sure. inspiring. I've had my surgeries, I've had my, you know, wrists or my brushes with the death and all that shit. But like, you're going through it now, and instead of focusing on all the negativity that you are dealing with, you're trying to still be looking at it in a positive light. So if anything, fuck me. Kudos and cheers to you. Absolutely. If people like Jade or infamous opinionists, uh, they they have a very positive bringing when they want to be, and it's a very emotionally driven impact that they can bring. People like my, I've seen on so many of my comments on my videos of this guy can cut a hell of a promo or man, that was a hell of a promo. I'm not cutting a promo. Hey, what you I, see is what you get. Yeah. That's the thing is if you guys actually saw me cut a wrestling promo, you'd be fucking amazed at what I talk like. <laughs> right. If you get me to be natural panda, I am a real smug son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's but this. So this is who you are and this is, you know, and that's amazing. Now, now gets to the portion of the show I didn't tell you about. Oh God, here you go. Yeah, you did tell me there was a section that I wasn't gonna be told. Yeah. All right. This section is where I give my guests compliments. Oh, God damn it. You know, I hate this. Yes, Uh, and that's, you know, and, and the reason why I give people compliments is because we are so bad at taking compliments. Yeah, I'm the and, worst at it. <laughs> hey, I am too. I am too. And I explained this in my guest uh, earlier today. Uh, he said the same thing. We're terrible at taking compliments because we beat ourselves down so much and we don't think that we're worth it. And I'm going to start out by saying you are fucking worth it. And honestly, I mean it. All right, man. So here we go. 
you you and i said this earlier you're super empathetic and 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 that gives you a quality that not a lot of people have and and i really appreciate that about you you know you can you can relate to somebody on a different level mm -hmm. than most people can and, and and that's awesome you've had a hard hard fucking life but you're here and i appreciate that and i appreciate you live for living another another 24 hours man dude i didn't think i'd make it to 35. hey me neither um james dean life <laughs> you know um life has kicked you when you're down man and, and and it and sometimes it feels like it keeps kicking you while you're down and you just keep getting up dude and, and that's that's important is that you keep moving forward and that you keep doing that man and and you know you you are inspiring so many people and you don't think that you are but you are you really are and, and even if it's the person that's sitting in a hospital bed that is that is saying you're inspiring me or or the person that that that's been behind the camera that keeps doing it day in and day out you're inspiring them and that's something beautiful i hate and <laughs> i know you do but the thing is it's my show <laughs> i'm being an asshole right now ah, all right we're good and and finally, and finally, you live life, life, wow, you live life with almost complete abandon. Meaning that you shoot your shot and whether, what, whatever happens from that point forward, that's out of your control. And that is something that is super hard that a lot of people have a hard time grasping to include myself. I shot my shot and I don't think I showed this to you. I shot my shot with 10 different fucking people contacting them about being on this show. All of them have blue check marks, blue check marks. And I guarantee you, I'm not going to get a single response, but I did that. And I have a hard time accepting that. I have a hard time accepting that I'm not going to get a response or that I may I'm not, not get a response. I'm not trying to interrupt. Please continue in like five seconds. But was one of those blue checks a friend of mine? Maybe. Okay, we're going to talk Maybe. off air on that because I could probably make that happen. Okay. Um, but you you do it in a fashion of which is like I'm putting it out there to the universe and we'll see what happens. And you don't you don't let that hinder you one bit. Off camera and, it does. Yeah, off camera it does. Nope. But that that is is just something amazing and 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 i'm gonna say this and i and i you're a fucking amazing human being and i'm saying this and i'm saying this without edits i'm saying this without any filter i'm not hitting a stop button and thinking what i have to say i'm saying it and it's coming from the heart you are an amazing human being and you inspire me to continue to do what i do because there's days where i look at my fucking phone i'm like I don't want to do this today. But then I, I pop on TikTok and your video pops up and you say something that hits me right in the heart. And I'm like, okay, I, I got to keep doing this. So I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You inspire me. And I love you, man. I really do. God damn you. <laughs> um, I love you too. I do mean that. Uh, and I'm very grateful for the kind words late. I guess, like you said, it's very hard to take compliments. Even like I get a lot of praise from people online and stuff like that. And it's very hard for me to scroll through them and like interact 
because it's not because I don't know how to take compliments. It's because I don't want to come across facetious. I don't want to come across like I'm bigger than thou. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to all of a sudden become like Jake Paul basically and just, yeah. oh, I'm nothing and then I'm a dickhead. Uh, I've always wanted to remember who I am and having, like I've mentioned so much, the support team with me and, you know, the wonderful people that I have in my, like, it's a big support team at this fucking point, but the amount of people that are not necessarily guiding me, but listening to the ideas that I have, because some of the shit that I say, yeah, it can be taken as a different kind of thought. And so many people try to give me so many ideas of questions that they want me to answer. And I have to siphon through the questions of, nah, I could do that, but there's reasons why I won't do that one. A certain wrestlers I don't really want to talk about, uh, you know, for, you know, rippling reasons. Um, <laughs> anyways, but watching, watching the rise of what everything has happened in this whole empire that I'm building, I, I, I said this last week when I was in therapy that if I left TikTok tomorrow or if everything ended tomorrow now, I'd be okay with it. My, my biggest thing growing up was I, I always remember looking back on certain situations and thinking, man, if I would have just did that, or if I would have said this, or if I could have tried that, where now I am much more of a living in the moment kind of person. And people kind of see that about me. And a lot of my family members hate that about me because I'm not a, a forward thinking person. I'm an in the moment person. Um, and taking so much of the time, like my therapist always, he says the, the line of always make sure you take the time to smell the roses as you're going, because there's so many things that you're doing that are great. But if you keep putting yourself to the grindstone, you're never going to see the appreciation that you have. And Absolutely. it, it really stuck with me because growing up, I had all kinds of wild dreams. We all did. I, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. I wanted to be an NFL head coach. Uh, I wanted to be the host of sports center. Those were my three dreams. I wanted to be as a kid was those three damn things. If I wasn't in the WWF or WCW, I wanted to be a head coach or I wanted to be the host of sports center, but then life changes and life evolves. And then you have kids and then you get married or you, in my case, you get divorced. Uh, and life me too. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Another thing is so many people will say like, man, I can never be cool with my ex-wife or da, 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 da. My ex-wife and I are not best friends. Don't get it twisted. But we have a good co-parenting relationship for our kids. And she recently got remarried a couple months ago. And he's a good dude. Uh, he's a good dude to my kids. And like, it's a hard pill to swallow for certain things. But absolutely do I trust him? Sure. I there's some things I'll tell you off air that I can't tell on air um, that will kind of blow your mind about some shit. Um, But hiding it's the old Paul Heyman motto of accentuate the features and hide the flaws. Mm -hmm. I have become such a pro at that uh, because I don't mean to sound disrespectful to anybody with what I'm about to say, because it's not meant to be controversial or negative. I've seen a lot of people in my field 
that have done a lot of very personal take type of videos lately. Um, and I look at it in two different ways. One, it's courageous and ballsy. I absolutely get it because it's hard to talk about some things like death. Mm -hmm. But when it becomes an accentuator on multiple things now, now it's not about that, I feel. Yeah. And the message gets distorted. Everything I've done, there's never really been a pure message besides we're just doing this. Here we are. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. And the McAfee thing with uh, Chris Van Vliet and Ryan Satin following me on TikTok. And Chris Van Vliet is going to be on my show soon. And Top Dollar is going to be on the show soon. And like, all the people that we've had on our podcast, like Sabu, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, I have a real funny story. Remind me to tell you about Abdullah the Butcher off air. Uh, okay. Holy shit, are you going to laugh? Um, but like, I always just wanted to blaze a different path. And there's people that are like-minded, like myself, like Mr. Professor. Mm. Nick is a perfect example because him and I are the antithesis of each other. If you really look at us to our cores, we are the antithesis of who we are he's very sunday school he's positive energy you never see him talk about anything that would be any kind of controversialness he very much protects his environment and i get it where with mine i'm in the same realm but i'm in a different universe yeah where mine is much more of a brash underground style but it's a different way of inspiring Absolutely. Nick, Nick inspires through positivity. I inspire by trying to tell you, be you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, before we shut the show down, where can we find you? Obviously, TikTok and Love Panda. Where else can we find you? Oh, well, let's see. Um, let's go through the next month of shit. <laughs> I, we'll go through the socials and then we'll go through the month of shit because there'll be a lot of places I'm going to be in the next month. Um, yeah, Love Panda 24x48, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network. I'm it's pretty much everywhere you find Love Panda, you'll find me. Um, <laughs> and July 26th, Forbidden Door, Chicago, July 29th, AEW Blood and Guts in Detroit, August 15th, I think it is, for uh, AEW Dynamite in Grand Rapids. And then July 3rd, my pro wrestling debut myself in uh, in Orlando. It's awesome. You're a busy, busy man. Dude, that battle royal is going to be wild. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, thank you for being here, Matt. I really appreciate you being here and taking some time to hang out. Um, and uh, just know that we're watching and we love you. I love you, brother. Thank you. All right. Much love. Hey, and everybody watching, everybody watching. We're going to sign off, and you are extraordinary. <laughs>